0: a series called Spirit Lead Me and the whole point of this series as we've been going through this over four weeks is to heighten our awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence and power within our lives. Um, in every single one of us the Holy Spirit is wanting to do work in us and lead us in uh, in all different areas and I really pray that you've been able to uh, to know more of the Spirit's presence in your life as we've been going through this over the past little while. Um, in a couple of weeks we're going to have a guest speaker who's going to be doing three weeks for us. A, it's like a series within a series, um, because in two weeks, we're going to be uh, looking at the gifts of the Spirit. But because this topic is such a big topic, the gifts of the Spirit, we're going to be looking at this over three weeks. And so we have my uh, my good friend, Mark Westhazen, to come and share those three messages, both morning and night. But this morning, what I think is important for us to build um, another foundation for us of the work of the Holy Spirit, even before we look at the gifts of the Spirit, um, I think it's really important for us to understand the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, I grew up learning about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Sunday school. I've heard a lot of talks from the front about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and many of you probably have at some stage as well. And my understanding of the fruit of the Spirit as I was growing up was essentially that when we become a Christian, God gives us this metaphorical fruit salad made up of of oranges, apples, bananas, and grapes, and all of these things are for us to become a better person. Um, all I needed to do if I had done something wrong in my life and wanted to become a better person was grab one of these metaphorical fruits, take a bite out of it, and suddenly God would make me a better person. I memorized the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit um, and knew that these were the things that I needed to, to grow in, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, growing up, I probably didn't really put too much thought into my uh, basic understanding of the fruit of the Spirit, um, and this was a fairly superficial, superficial view that I had, until a key moment within my young adult life. Um, in this moment that I had, which I'll share with you in just a second, there was an understanding of the fruit of the Spirit that suddenly was transformed and deepened within my life, um, I haven't shared this story with many people, so you're hearing a, uh, a Dave Luthie original right here. <laughs> it's about 10 years ago. I was at the beginning of my um, uh, pastoral journey and I was a youth and young adults pastor in the church that I was in. Uh, in my early, early 20s, I had the opportunity of leading our youth ministry, which was able to experience um, some steady growth and we were able to see young people come to Jesus. Uh, But in particular, uh, our young adults ministry at the church that I was in um, suddenly was able to experience explosive growth, and we went from about 30 young adults to 50 to 100 to about 150 young adults within the space of about two years. And in one year in particular, we had the opportunity to baptize 50 young adults This was a wonderful time of of ministry in my life, Um, seeing young adults not just from Christian backgrounds, but a lot of these uh, young adults came from very difficult backgrounds and came into a saving knowledge of Jesus. And there was one girl in particular who um, who I clearly remember who came to Jesus during this time. This girl had come from a fairly hardcore partying lifestyle But now, um, God was using her to reach uh, youth at the skate park for Jesus. She was very passionate about sharing her faith with young people at the skate park, um, and she was able to lead a lot of young people uh, to Jesus. Um, One of the things that we just really celebrated um, as a young adults community was the moment that this this girl decided to get baptised. This was a real celebration of what God had done in her life. Now, this girl did get baptised and she shared a lot of her story from up the front about God had, um, had transformed her life dramatically and moved her from desiring a, uh, a lifestyle of um, drugs, partying, rock and roll kind of thing to, to a life in, in Jesus. Um, and this was a, a wonderful night, but one of the things that happened... After this is, uh, is where I just want to turn your attention to right now. Later on this week, after this girl had been baptised and we had celebrated what had happened, um, I got a message from an older, established member of the church. Um, on this, uh, in this message that they sent me, they insisted that I catch up with them that day. They had something very important that they wanted to share and, uh, and have a chat with me about for about two hours, we caught up in a coffee shop in Wellington Point, and this, uh, this older established gentleman in the, in the church decided that he would quite aggressively uh, share with me how he was offended at the things that this young girl was saying. He was offended at the um, lifestyle that he thought that she was celebrating somehow, even though she had been celebrating the transformation that Jesus had brought, but in Particular, after a two-hour conversation, the thing that he was most offended by was that this girl was wearing a hat up the front while she was sharing her testimony. I was fairly shocked by what this this man was saying to me, but in particular, I was shocked at how aggressive this man was uh, in how he was speaking about things. Um, and because this had been a, a spontaneous discussion that i hadn 't really been expecting this day and I had a meeting I needed to get to afterwards, I began checking my phone fairly regularly, trying to know what the what the time was. Um, I checked my my phone a little bit because I needed to get to this uh, to this next meeting, and there was one moment I checked my phone where um, once again, something that just really shocked me was, uh, was his statement, which was, if you check your phone one more time, I will throw it and you onto the road. As a young pastor in his early 20s, this was fairly uh, confronting for me. Being um, threatened by an established older member of the church um, was something that I was not really expecting in my first few months of pastoral ministry. Um, I was shocked by what had happened, and so what I decided to do was go into, and speak to a couple of other people within the church and, uh, and try and seek some, some godly, wise advice about the conversation that I had had. And there was one person who I really trusted within the, within the church who I spoke to, and their response was, um, that doesn't matter what this guy, sh- guy says, that's just him. He is a really godly man. This is a godly man, and so you need to take what he says on board. So it's okay. <laughs> but it struck me as strange that this was the way that people would describe this person. Yes, this was a guy who had served in multiple different leadership positions throughout the life of the church. But I had grown up thinking and knowing that the fruit of the Spirit was something different than, what this, than the way that this man had been communicating to me. I had known the fruit of the Spirit as love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this was a conversation that didn't reflect that at all. Now, I'm quite aware that that no one expresses the fruit of the Spirit uh, 100% at all times, And yet I did have a concern that someone who was sharing some of these things with me was hailed as the pinnacle of Christian living and godliness. There was a lot of reflection I did in this moment in my life um, because it helped me come to a conclusion that I've I've held since uh, since my early 20s. And my conclusion was this, that I think there is a genuine issue within the Western Church today that we have lost our perspective of what the priorities of scripture are in regards to godliness and Christian living. I've just seen uh, many, many Christians who are significantly influenced by other um, Christians, uh, Christian leaders, who display appalling character, and yet they have been told, Continue to follow this person because this is a godly person. And yet, the priorities in Scripture of what we see in regards to Christian living, godliness, first of all, comes from your character or the fruit of the Spirit. And the second thing is competency or the gifts of the Spirit. There's been a line that has been often uh, shared by people, which is that... Um, Character trumps competency, and I think that is totally true. And yet, for me, what I've began to see a lot of the time is that people within our society today are not influenced primarily by character or competency, but they are in fact influenced primarily by people who have charisma, the people who have the right way of talking, the right kind of charm to be able to, uh, to work a room really well. And unfortunately, I've seen certain Christians be primarily influenced by that within their life. Now, what I'm going to be sharing this morning about the fruit of the Spirit may not be new information for some of you, but what my hope and my goal is throughout our time together this morning is that we will place in priority, in our own lives, what Scripture prioritizes, which is character, the fruit of the Spirit. This is something that is important to the heart of God, and that then we will leave this place wanting to grow in the, uh, in the fruit of the Spirit. So to do that, let's turn together. We're going to be looking at Galatians 5, 13 to 26, which is all about the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit. What we're going to do as we work through Galatians 5, 13 to 26 is we're not going to read all of it at once. There are four paragraphs throughout this, uh, throughout this section of Scripture, and we're going to be addressing each paragraph individually because it helps grow our understanding of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And Paul starts out his time here in Galatians by saying, "...you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free." But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out. Or you will be destroyed by each other. Let's just take a pause there for the moment because this uh, begins to set the foundation for the rest of what Paul wants to say about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, Paul starts here. Um, Yeah, trying to set a foundation then leads to uh, to the outworking of this foundation, and the central truth that he's trying to communicate here comes in his first sentence, which is the central truth of growing in Christian character is experiencing freedom. This is why our mission statement as a church is, uh, is to experience and share the life, freedom and hope that is found in Jesus. Growing in Christ-likeness and growing in character is not about following a, uh, a strict set of rules, rather it's about experiencing the freedom that we have been given because of what Christ has done. That's why Paul begins everything here by speaking and hammering on about freedom. But then it's out of realizing the freedom that we have in Jesus that we grow in the things of God. And once again, uh, Paul here is trying to say the most important thing that we need to grow in, which is love. So out of knowing the freedom that we have in Christ, that should lead to love. Paul here, he's echoing the words of Jesus himself, who, uh, who said the entire law is summed up in these two commands. The most important command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. But what I think Paul is trying to do here um, before speaking about the fruit of the Spirit is I think he's trying to draw our eyes to what the core of this fruit is. Um, From what I can understand of what Paul is trying to do is he's trying to say that the seed of the fruit of the Spirit is love. The thing that everything grows out of, all the rest of the fruit of the Spirit, is love. So you experience that the freedom that comes through Christ, and it's outworking is primarily in love. And the reason that I think Paul tries to hammer on this point right at the start of what he speaks about here with the fruit of the Spirit is because the other aspects of the fruit of the Spirit, kindness, gentleness, self-control, etc., all of those things are able to be seen on the outside of us. They can be seen as outworkings of what happens on the inside. But love is one of those things that is an inner change within us. This takes place on the inside. So there is something that has to change within us before our actions are able to reflect the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's what Paul's point is here. The core of the fruit, the thing before you think about anything else, is love. You experience the freedom that comes through Christ, and then its outworking is primarily in love, which then grows you in the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. He then goes on in verses 16 and 17. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. One of the things um, I experienced once when I was speaking about the, uh, the fruit of the Spirit in a small group setting... Um, was the, the leader of this this group had a really really wonderful heart and I appreciated what they were trying to do but they asked us to grade ourselves on how we feel that we 're going with each of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, now I understand the the heart of this I gave myself maybe a, uh, maybe a four for gentleness maybe a six for for self control uh, you just tried to grade yourself as you thought you were going in all of these uh, in all of these eerie Areas And although I appreciated the sentiment of ranking ourselves out of 10 for how we're going with these things, the problem with this way of thinking on grading ourselves by how we're going with the fruit of the Spirit, the problem with this thinking is it places the focus on the wrong thing. Because the focus of what Paul is speaking about here, although we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the focus is not the fruit. The focus of what Paul is saying here is The Spirit, it's when you walk by the Spirit, verse 16, that you won't indulge with things of this world. It's when you are led by the Spirit, verse 18, that you will grow in the freedom that you have in Jesus. To be led by the Spirit is to know the Spirit, to be near the Spirit, to hear the Spirit. Next year, um, Sarah and I will be celebrating... um, uh, 10 years since we began dating. Um, and in that time, we've both changed uh, a fair amount. There have been certain things that I've lost. Um, right there is, uh, is something that I've lost. And other things that we, that, uh, well, I have anyway gained. Um, in this uh, in this past 10 years, we have both uh, changed a fair amount. What a cute couple they were back then. <laughs> I heard a few oars in the... Uh, from you just then, if you're joining with us online, you can offer me as well. Now, throughout this time, we have both changed a fair amount, um, but one of the ways that we have both changed uh, more and more. Is, uh, is we've become more like one another. Uh, one of the wonderful things about my wife is she is a very gentle, kind, uh, forgiving person. Um, and this has caused me, simply by being in proximity with her, to become a more gentle, kind, forgiving person. We've been led by one another because we have had close proximity with one another, because we have spent time with one another. And I would say that Paul here, when he is speaking about being led by the Spirit and growing in the fruit of the Spirit, this is no different. To grow in being led by the Spirit involves tight intimacy in your relationship with God. There is a very famous preacher from history who says it like this. His name was Charles Spurgeon. Nearness to God brings likeness to God. The more you see God, the more that God will be seen in you. And so for your life, if you are genuinely wanting to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, the priority is not to spend time focusing on gentleness or self-control or faithfulness or any of these different things, The key to growing in the fruit of the Spirit is to be led by the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, to know the Spirit. And how do you do that? Draw close to God. Your relationship with God is what brings likeness to God. So that's the second thing. You need to know the freedom that's found in relationship with Jesus and allow that to grow love within you. And then you need to grow in nearness to God to be led by the Spirit. What Paul decides to do then, in this third paragraph that he writes, is he takes a bit of a sidestep and he addresses those who aren't led by the Spirit, but rather those people within the world who are led by their, uh, by their wants and desires. The language that is used here is called the flesh. In verses 19 to 21, it says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, Impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. It's quite a comprehensive list. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, although this is quite a comprehensive list, what Paul is not trying to do here is simply say that these are the only bad things or the only things that you can do within your life that is led by, uh, led by your flesh. He's giving examples here of the things um, that, uh, where we can be led by the things of our flesh. Um, but there are other ways that we may be led by our flesh as well. What Paul is trying to do here, before he speaks to the fruit of the Spirit, is he is trying to set up a contrasting way of living and a contrasting um, demonstration of the things that are ruling uh, the things in our life. Um, Now, although this is not a complete list, um, there are certain things that he speaks to here that I do find helpful for us in our society today. The subject line that Paul starts this paragraph with, um, I've always found a little bit funny because he starts by saying, the acts of the flesh are obvious. If you don't know that these things are acts of the flesh, what are you doing? You should be able to know that these things are acts of the flesh. And yet for some of these things within our society today, I would say that they are not obviously considered by many people as acts of the flesh. They are simply those things that many people would say, if it doesn't hurt anyone else, what's the big deal? This list that we see here, sexual immorality, that is something that is celebrated within our society today. Idolatry, witchcraft, is something that is celebrated by many. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Selfish ambition is something that is celebrated within our world today. Dissensions and factions is something that is celebrated in our society today. Drunkenness, all of these things, many of these things are celebrated within our world today. But the hedonistic mindset that some within our society can have, which is if it doesn't hurt anyone else, what's the big deal, is, uh, is a mindset that Paul says is opposite To the way of being led by the spirits because then he goes on and he contrasts the way of thinking which is if it if it doesn't hurt anyone else why does it matter he contrasts this by saying the exact opposite which is that those people who are now led by the spirit of God not just by temporary desires will display something on the outside and this is what he says the fruit of the spirit those things, when you are led by the Spirit in your life, are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, excuse me, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. This is what Paul has been leading to this whole time, contrasting these two ways of living. This one way of living that says, I will be governed and ruled by my wants and desires. And the other way of living, which is, I will be governed by the Spirit and led by the Spirit within my life and then the outworkings of the spirit working and being uh, and flowing itself out into your life are these things and i want to read through this slowly once again is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self control If we look at all of these things as a list of things that we need to achieve, it can be quite difficult and overwhelming for us to uh, to be able to address all of these areas in our life. And yet, all of these things are not separate from one another. One of the misunderstandings that we might have about the fruit of the Spirit is thinking that there are many fruits of the Spirit. But rather, what Paul says here is that there is one fruit of the Spirit. You don't get the banana of joy or the grapes of peace or the orange of gentleness. The Spirit helps us grow in all of these different areas within our life. There is one fruit of the Spirit. So when you draw nearer to God, when you are led by the Spirit of God, you will grow in all of these areas within your life. It's not enough for us to say, I excel in one area because that might be a natural inclination. God's calling us to grow in all of these things by drawing close to his spirit. So how do we do this? How do we grow in the fruit of the Spirit and increase in Christ-likeness within our lives? I want to suggest three things for us together this morning, um, and then we're going to share in communion together. First thing, live out of the Spirit within you. 2 Peter 1-3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him, who has called us by his own glory and goodness? God has already given you the power of the Spirit. He lives within you by the temple of the Spirit, He can speak to you daily by His Spirit. Remember that your job is not to see these different things of the fruit of the Spirit and then try and work on every single area individually. Rather, it is to be led by the Spirit and allow His power within your life to transform you. So that's the first thing. Live out of the Spirit within you. God's already given you everything that you need to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Second thing, follow those who display the fruit of the Spirit. Now, personally, I don't display the fruit of the Spirit at all times in my life. I wish I did. Um, I'm not perfect in every one of these different areas, and no one else will be either. So don't expect perfection from anyone who you might choose to to follow when it comes to, to following someone who displays the fruit of the Spirit. But there will be people who you'll come across throughout your life who you will see growing in the fruit of the Spirit. And you can be assured if you see someone who is growing in the fruit of the Spirit, growing in these external actions that God calls us to, you can be assured that these are also the people who are growing in intimacy in God and being led by the Spirit and his power in their life. Often, I've just seen so much of the time, people think that the people who are those who are led by the Spirit are those who have seen uh, supernatural things happen, or those people who uh, who worship a lot. But what we see here is those people who are truly led by the Spirit are those people who display the fruit of the Spirit in our life. So those two things: live out of the Spirit within you, follow those who display the fruit. Um, And one thing, sorry, just quickly, this is something I was just reflecting on this morning as I was on my way here. Um, If you see someone that you think, I want to follow that person because I I see them displaying the fruit of the Spirit, one really practical thing you can do is actually ask that person to mentor you. Because if someone is displaying the fruit of the Spirit and you want to follow them and draw close to them uh, and learn from them, Ask them to mentor you. They can guide you in knowing what it means to be led by the Spirit. But the third thing that Paul says here um, in regards to... uh, isn't about uh, the Spirit anymore, but rather is speaking to the acts of the flesh and the power of the cross over these things. Because he says in verse 24, "...those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires." So life in Jesus is not just that we have the Holy Spirit who brings out out certain things like the fruit within us, but because of the cross of Christ, because of what Jesus has done, When he hanged there on the cross, suddenly at that moment, our own wants, our own passions, our own worldly desires were then nailed to the cross and left there. Jesus said, it is finished, no more. There was power that came through the cross to be able to go against uh, the things that we might have within our own selfish desires. What God wants to do is replace those selfish desires with the work of the Spirit. And so what I want to just do right now, I just want to invite the worship team to uh, to come up. Thanks so much, team. And as they play this next song, um, you will have received a little communion pack as you came in. If you haven't received a communion pack, can you just raise your hand right now? If you're joining with us online, feel free to go. get something from the fridge and the... Um, and the pantry if you need to grab something. And what we're going to do during this this next song, we're not going to take communion right now. Feel free to not open it if you haven't opened it already. Um, But what we're going to do is we're going to stand and sing this next song. And this song is about surrendering to God afresh once again. I just wonder, even as I have been... Reading through this and speaking about these different things, I wonder if there might be certain things within your life where you can, genuinely coming before God, where you can acknowledge, I've been pursuing worldly passions and worldly desires and I haven't been led by your spirit as I should have been. I'm sure for most of us, there would be areas of our lives where we would honestly be able to say, yes, that's an area of my life that I need to surrender over to you, God. I need to give to you. And I don't want to pursue my worldly desires anymore. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit to overflowing so much. and I just display the fruit of the Spirit. It's an overflowing of what God has done in our lives. And so as we just hold this communion um, these communion elements during this next song. I'm going to come up after this next song. Know as well that as we surrender over these things back over to God, that these worldly desires, they've already been nailed to the cross. When Jesus clung to the cross and nails pierced his hands, there was power in that moment, power over sin and power over death. And sin doesn't need to have power within our lives anymore. So let me pray, and then let's spend some time surrendering ourselves to God afresh once again. And so God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that the cross made a way for us to have relationship with you once again. We thank you that because of your death and resurrection, Your spirit is now alive and is alive in every single one of us who is in relationship with you. And Lord, we don't want to pursue the things of this world anymore. We know that in that moment that you hung there and you said it is finished, there was victory and power over sin and over our worldly desires. And so, God, we don't want to be people who pursue the things of this world anymore. We want to surrender them over to you. And we want to be led by your Spirit. So right now, Holy Spirit, come. Fill us afresh once again. Help us to love the things that you love. Help us to want to grow in the things of you. Help us to surrender ourselves to you afresh once again in Jesus' name. Amen.